0: Everybody stop what you're
1: doing, please!
2: When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G.
1: Where's the hammer?
2: From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it. And Eric is here to guide the way.
1: Is it on the, go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering.
2: All that and more on the fastest two hours of home improvement radio.
1: These are the wrong plans. These are the old plans. Oh Welcome to Stop It!
2: Stop Around it. the House with Eric G.
1: Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is our Pro Insider Special. This is for all of you builders, modelers, designers business to business, anyone out in the building trades, whether you're doing interior finishes, design, selling, this is all for you guys. Well, we had an interesting conversation recently with a bunch of people, and they wanted to see more of this stuff of what I'm doing here uh, for people like the National Kitchen and Bath Association, the National Association of Home Builders, and how all that goes. So here's my presentation that I did last week for the NAHB called Be Smart Home Tech Strategies for more sales and less hassle. Basically, I'm going to be talking to builders here of how to design smart home systems and help it make better house sales. All right, enough of that. Let's get out to the show.
0: Okay, it is officially 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us for today's webinar, the Smart Home Tech Strategies for More Sales and Less Hassle, hosted by NAC Education. NHB Education is sponsored by Lowe's Pro. Through the Member Savings Program, NHB members are exclusively eligible to save 5 plus 2% every day on Lowe's business accounts as Lowe's accounts capable. Your spending also helps support your local and state home builders association. Sign up or link your account to Lowe'sForPros.com/slash NHB. Please note that today's session is being recorded and all participant lines have been muted during the session. Today's presentation will last approximately 60 minutes and it will include opportunities for you to ask questions. We will attempt to answer as many of your questions as possible. If your question is not answered during the Q&A session, we will provide the contact information of today's presenter and you can contact him directly. Handouts for this webinar are available for download in the links pod area above the chat pod. There will be a survey evaluation for you to complete at the end of today's program. Please note this webinar is copyrighted by the National Association of Home Builders. The topics discussed and the materials provided herein are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be an exhaustive presentation of information on a particular subject and should not be treated as such. Participants in this webinar will be able to recognize the importance of smart hub technology as the foundation for product selections, implement a trouble-free system that works and complements each home tech system, know the limitations and the technology choices to make, and understand how to service smart home technology after the sale. And now I'll introduce today's speaker. Today's speaker, we have Eric Garanson. He is the host of the nationally syndicated radio show/slash podcast around the house with Eric G. and the host of a and the host of Around the House Pro Insider Podcast for the residential building and design industry. As a certified kitchen designer, Eric has Eric has designed and managed residential and multifamily projects for 30 years. We welcome Eric
1: to today's program. Eric, it's all yours. Thanks, Deborah. Thanks, everybody, for jumping in today. And a special thanks to Lowe's for Pros for sponsoring this to keep this seminar education going for everybody. Well, today I wanted to talk about this smart home technology stuff because this is so important in today's marketplace. You know, if you think about it, everybody has just about everybody out there. There's always somebody that doesn't have a smartphone, but everybody has their smart homes in their hands. We do them, it's our news source, it's our music, it's our television, it's our email, it's everything else that we do. It's how we get around and find appointments every day. Before we talk about our smart hubs, I wanted to talk about kind of the language that these things use around your smart home. So if you think about it, there's all these different languages that certain companies use. For instance, you know, Wi-Fi is one of those. But let's get back into this here first, and we'll step back and explain why this smart home is going to be so important. You know, the ideal s- smart home gadget is a wireless transmitter and receiver that requires little power, and that it basically powers devices for months. So if you think about it, if you have a, a door lock that is going to be talking to your phone or talking to a smart home, you want it to not be changing batteries every day three or four weeks, or every two weeks. You want something that's going to go on for maybe even years if you can. So you have to have these different methods of communication out there. And signals have to go through walls, exterior walls, interior walls, you know, appliances, all the things in your home. And, of course, they've got to be encrypted for security reasons, and that's always a concern with so many people out there. You know, the problem, though, is is that your standard Wi-Fi consumes a ton of power, so it doesn't work really well. You know, if you were to use just regular Wi-Fi off a door lock, you might be putting AA batteries in it every week or two. That's not practical for a homeowner. Bluetooth, low energy, is better at conserving power, but it's limited to signal range and the number of devices that it can actually go. So, I mean, it wouldn't go across the house very well if anybody has used your Bluetooth earbuds or Bluetooth stuff, you can walk around a corner and all of a sudden you've got limited results. So that doesn't work well. There is a new Bluetooth mesh standard, however, that's coming on the market here soon that could fix some of those issues. So, however, most of these networks need to have a primary device that serves as a network controller. That is that smart home hub. You know, two of the leading hubs, the smart, smart home hubs, Samsung Smart Things and the Wink 2, you know, those work really well because they do these different languages like the ZigBee, Z-Wave. Those are two opposing different signals. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. When we talk about what that smart home has to use to run, these signals are important. So what happens here is, is that one of the biggest and most popular languages that are used out there is Z-Wave technology. Z-Wave is really cool how it works. It's a wireless standard that lets all things Z-Wave talk together. So they've got about 1300 certified devices. One of the things that I love about Z-Wave as a technology for talking between, you know, for instance my Baldwin door locks that I have at home. Those use a Z-Wave technology. There's two things that's great about that. One, it uses low power. Two, it transmits a fairly distance, fairly far distance. Three, each one of these act, act like their own booster, so the Z Wave talk to each other, and so they can link in and build their own mesh. And that's really important when you've got a larger house, or if you've got a house that has you know a big fireplace, or it's got different floors with uh, you know different things that are gonna stop that signal. So Z Wave works really well. One of the things that Z-Wave does differently than anybody else out there that I really like is Z-Wave will actually sit there and work with older Z-Wave and newer Z-Wave. So they're backwards compatible. So if you have a Z-Wave, you buy a product that says Z-Wave, it doesn't matter if it's two years old or it's brand new. They always work together. So that's kind of one of the hidden benefits of that system. Now, you know, the other thing is, too, it's the only technology on the market does deliver applications-level inoperability, which means it's just going to work on all versions. So just keep that in mind. That's going to be a big key as we move forward. Now, the second one out there is Zigbee, Z-I-G-B-E-E. Now, that one is very similar to Z-Wave, but there's a few less devices out there. You know, you'll see Zigbee in GE Appliances and Lighting, LG, Logitech, Samsung, Samsung, And even uh, Comcast, Time Warner Cable use it in their set-top boxes. So it's really, it does a really good job, but it doesn't have some of the same features and benefits of the Z-Wave. Now, most controller hubs out there will use both of these, so that is good. It's reliable, it's robust, it works really well. But to be honest, Zigbee has suffered somewhat with that old stuff and new stuff being able to work together. So that's one of the limitations of this product. So you got to keep in mind before we get into smart hubs, that's a big one. Now there's another one out there, which is owned by Belkin, which is called WeMo. W E M O. Now that is a Belkin's a big nec- networking gear manufacturer. Now it piggybacks on standard Wi-Fi, so that kind of works. But I'll be honest, it it's a troublesome one. But the draw, drawback to Wi-Fi is it takes up that battery life and processing power. So WeMo, there are products out there. It's a hard one to use, and it's a hard one to try to integrate into many systems. And now there's a new one out, which is Thread, which was first announced in 2014. Thread is coming about because Google's really been pushing hard with it, and they've teamed up with Samsung and ARM and a few others to do this. Now, Thread is one thing that's really cool. It's IP-based, but I tell you what, many manufacturers have been very resistant to use Google Nest intellectual property. Because they've had some issues where, for instance, the Nest was available to almost all the different products out there. You could have that Nest thermostat, and you would buy a product going, oh, it works with this. Well, when Google bought Nest, they turned off most of those outside systems. Google really only wants Google to work with Google. So it doesn't work well with many of the other systems. So that's something that many manufacturers are going, I don't know if if we're going to spend all this money on it, and they turn it off right after we turn it on. It might not be a good one. Now, Bluetooth mesh is the newest out there, and I think that's the one that's probably the biggest move in the future. It goes up to, uh, you know, 300 feet under ideal circumstances, which that doesn't count walls, and it's got a low transmission rate, so it works really well from that. And so I think it's, in time, going to be as big a player as ZigBee or Z-Wave, but it's going to be a new technology that's going to help spread out a little bit because the, the benefit of that is that you can actually do video and things over it where the Z-Wave and ZigBee can't. And so that's kind of the languages of what we do to have products talk to your phone or your smart home hub. So now let's get back up to the smart home hub. Everybody thinks about, okay, I've got my new Ring doorbell, and we're going to install that in as a smart home device. And yes, you can run that Ring off your app on your phone. It's great. But as you add more products inside a home, Many times you're adding more apps. And for me, where I transitioned over into having a smart home, is I had 15 different apps. And so I'd go, okay, I need to turn on my Lutron light switch. I'm going to go over to my Lutron app and turn that on. I wonder how my washer and dryer's doing? Let me turn on my Samsung. And you'd have to go onto the different apps to control things. Well, those apps didn't talk to each other, so you needed something to be a central controller. So that's what that smart hub does. That is your one app that you can put on your phone, your tablet, or anywhere else that's going to control everything as a central brain. And that's the really fun part of that is that's the part that really runs everything. So the first thing when you're designing out a home like this, if you're going to be doing smart stuff, you want to make sure that you've got that hub selected first before you select the products because you have to have them all work through that. Otherwise, it's going to be kind of, a, of a, a hard-to-use system because you'll have to have that smart home hub app, and then you'll have to have the products that don't fit into that will go on another app. And so for a consumer, that's very difficult to operate. Now, what brands are there out there? There's a ton of brands for smart home hubs, but these brands make a big difference of what you can use and what you can't. The one that I use in my home... And nope, they've never paid me a dime for a sponsorship. I use the smart home system made by Samsung, which is their smart things. This works really well. Why does it work really well? Because it works both the Zigbee and the Z-Wave antennas. So you can pair it with a massive range of smart home devices. So you can make a lot of different things work together. That one works really good. So that is one of the easiest ones to do. And probably has the widest range of things, of products out there that you can run through it. So that makes a big difference. Now, if you get into like the Amazon Echo Echo Dot, that's a good product as well. The problem though is it doesn't do Zigbee or Z-Wave. So it's really kind of a very entry level smart home hub basically for what it's doing. Now, everything you can use is going to be Alexa based. So you're going to have to have a few things go through that, but it doesn't work really well for creating a very strong smart home system. It's really kind of just the basics you can do with that. Now, if you really want to jump into technical, detailed, high-level smart home device stuff, you really want to look at the Hubitat Elevation. It has a really steep learning curve, so this is not something that you really just plug and play and go. You need to really learn this system. There's some programming and things in there because it's at that level. But it has incredibly granular controls and the, the it's the best smart home hub for power users out there. And basically that's people like you or homeowners that want to create incredibly specific rules and situations when their smart home devices activate. And you can really do that with the web interface with that. Now, It does do the Zigbee and Z-Wave antennas, but here's the thing. It lacks Wi-Fi, so all these other smart home hubs you can put anywhere in the house, this one has to go next to your router and plug right in. And uh, over the years, that one has gotten to be a lot better because it didn't even have an app until, oh, this last year, but they've really come a long way with that. If you're going to design a very detailed system that you want all these different scenes and things to go on, that might be the way you have to go. Now, the Amazon Echo Plus, which is another big one out there, uh, it does have Zigbee in it, but that's all it will do. And then when you get over to the Amazon Echo Show, that does have Zigbee as well in there. So that will give you some things to do. Now, the Apple TV 4K, which is the Apple HomePod type situation, I'll be honest, in my opinion from dealing with some of the Apple stuff, and I'm an Apple guy, I've got iPhones and iPads and everything else around, It isn't easy to operate, so it's not my favorite smart home system out there. It works, but there's not a lot of devices that connect through their smart home hub. So you can use a lot of the different stuff, but if you're going to design out an Apple-only house, you are limited on the products that you can use with that. And then you've got the Samsung Connect Hub, which is another one out there as well. That one has basically, it's a smart home Hub as well as a mesh network. And so that mesh network helps you get around with that. So let's talk about internet networks real quick as we get into this. But when I talk about a mesh network, you know, when you put in your router inside your home to start up this smart home network, that router has things like fireplaces and things that get in the way of that that will create these blackout zones behind it. So creating a mesh network gives you that network where you have a great signal anywhere on the inside and outside of the house so that's something that we'll be talking about here a little bit more now using smart home technology to overcome obstacles and these are really those sales obstacles that you see out there now this is important and this is something that we're going to talk a lot about here today is security an issue you know one of the we don't get into politics here but one of the biggest concerns with people is security Maybe you're dealing with people that are aging in place. Are you trying to add luxury to an environment? Are you in a neighborhood that's really family-focused? Are you building a house that's got play areas or there's a park across the street? You know, or you've got that kind of an entertainment area outside for the kids next to the pool. How are you dealing with energy efficiency? Do you have solar that you want to be tracking? You know, any of those different things, including disaster prevention, And I call disaster prevention dealing with failing appliances or water intrusion inside the house where you've got maybe a leak or something like that. So here's the thing. When you're dealing with these obstacles and you know what they are in a neighborhood, especially if you're going to be building homes to turn around and maybe you've bought an infill lot inside a town and it's an up-and-coming neighborhood, there are so many things that you can do to Get around that. If you're in a neighborhood that has a little bit higher crime than maybe out in the suburbs, maybe you want to think about one of the garage door openers like what Chamberlain makes that works with Amazon. And so you can actually put the Amazon specialty app on. It will control the garage door opener. And then the Amazon delivery person, if it's available in that area, and it's available in a lot of them, they can come up, open the garage door, and insert that package underneath there. And you've eliminated the need for a for a, a, a storage place for boxes that could easily get stolen off your porch. So that addresses that deal there. You can go around and get an, a security system that goes around. There are some absolutely stunning, fairly affordable security systems out there as far as cameras and, uh, you know, audible alarms going around the house. You can put cameras around that entire house. As long as you've got the internet to support it, it works really well. For instance, there's a new one that's coming out here at the end of the month, Lutron, with their Casita light control system. It's been out for years. Great, works well, fairly affordable. It's a good product. They've teamed up with, um, with your uh, ring doorbell. This is what's great about this. So now when your ring motion sensor goes off on your doorbell, you can program what light to turn on in the house. So if it says, if it's 11 o'clock at night and you have your, your, already have your lights on out front, if it senses motion, you can make it turn on the front office light or the kitchen light or the garage light to make it seem like somebody's up and they saw them. You can deter a lot of crime with things like that. Let's say you're trying to add luxury. This is what I'm doing in my house. I'm actually going to be putting in this new Thermosol steam shower system, which is really cool. You can see it right here in this next slide. It's a, there's no valves and anything else. It's a whole smart home shower system where it's a steam shower and you can add, uh, you've got steam, you've got the most important part is you can control all of those through the app, but at the same time you have aromatherapy and chromatherapy. And so you can create via the smart system, your own program thing in, so you can have user one, user two in there, and you can use your Alexa. And I could say, Eric, go ahead and start the shower. For Eric's shower, and Alexa will do it, and it's pretty cool how you can do that kind of stuff. And it gives just that added luxury. And unfortunately, you can watch your ESPN, your uh, listen to Spotify, you know, all the different uh, Pandora, Hulu while you're in the shower. Might not be good for your water bill, but it's still going to be pretty cool. Again, it's one of those things you can do. I've put the um, the the door locks on my house, and the and I have the garage door opener that I can control. And people go, "Oh yeah, that's really cute." But how is it? Well, a few weeks ago, my wife, Julie, that wife now, Julie and I were off getting married. I had somebody staying at my house, and we have a little dog, Maurice, that loves to escape. Well, I got a phone call from a guy that had my dog. My house sitter was off at work 30 minutes away, and if I had him put it back in the back area, he was going to escape out the same hole that he dug under the fence. So what did I do? I'm five hours away I opened up my garage door so he could stay in the garage until he got home. So I knew he wouldn't escape again. So some of these things have a lot of different applications that work really well. Now, you can do cameras for outdoor play areas. You can use, one of my favorites is the Sense Home Energy Monitoring System. There's a lot of different home energy monitoring systems. There's ones out there that use artificial intelligence. I was with them, actually, and I actually, they can actually determine if there's a problem in the house. And I talked about it at a seminar at uh, IBS this last year. They found a problem in a housing development where people were complaining that their energy bills for their electricity was 20 25% higher than it should have been. Nobody could figure out. They had no idea that there was a recirculating pump on these dozen homes that was defective from the manufacturer. And instead of them running a couple times during the day, they were running 24-7. One of the people hooked that sense up, and they figured out that, hey, wait a minute, you've got a power draw, and it's saved and fixed that problem for him. And so for me, I really like it because it helps me dial in what my energy usage is, and you can track what it is for a home. As well as if you've got solar, you can track what that energy usage is there as well. So there's a lot of these things that you can do to overcome those obstacles, And there's a lot of things here that you can make that are smart home selling points as well. Not only with lighting. I mean, lighting is an easy one. I think we've all talked about it and heard about this before, where you can set up those scenes. And what scenes are is you can pre-program things. For instance, in my house, what I do is I have a good night basic scene. What's good night do? It locks all the doors. It turns the lights down to where I want them at night. Turns off my back outdoor you know, cafe lights that I have hanging out there and basically gets the house in good night mode with one fell swoop, and I can do that. And then it also makes sure that my garage door is closed, which is great. So all those things you can do in one thing. The great thing is from the sales side of things, you can have this stuff hooked up in your model home and you can show people what those scenes do. You can have TV mode, you can have dinner mode, you can have everything turn on and off and make it happen that way. And that works really well. One of the other ones, if you want to go for energy efficiency, if you're trying to do these homes, is some of the automatic sprinkler systems out there to control those outside sprinklers. Those outside sprinklers can waste it. I I saved myself a third of my water bill two summers ago when I hooked up one to my house because it realized it was going to rain during the day. It wouldn't run my sprinklers. Or to have my yard looking good, it made sure that when it was going to be 100 degrees outside, it did the same thing. So these are all smart things, including leak detection. If you want to stop leaks in a house, especially during a warranty period, spend a few hundred bucks and put one of these things in. Uh, There's lots of different ones out there, but what they do is they go in line to the water line coming into the house. There's ones that use cell phone technology that'll go out in the street by your meter. You can mount it out there right on your side of the meter. And then what happens is is that if it detects any leak, it'll shut it off and then it'll text you and warn you. And it's great. Some of them you can even have during the first year, it'll actually text your warranty department to make sure. And then you can actually turn around and make that text a plumber as well if you have any kind of a service contract after that. So there's a lot of cool things that these things are going to do and to be honest, I think it's one of these things in the future that you're going to see discounts from home home, you know, insurance companies Because, oh, you've got water leak detection. Great. Now we know the chance of you having that big flood inside the house is really reduced because that uses artificial intelligence just like that uh, sense monitoring system does the same thing. It can sit there and tell me how much the kids are using in, in each one of their bedrooms just the lights. And so it's really smart how this stuff works. But it also will really, really save some money in the long run for people that are using it. And there's that ease of use with that. Now, here's the big part of this. This is very important. How to design out a trouble-free system for your home technology system. The first thing, if you're putting in a development, if you're putting in some homes in an area, you got to know your local internet provider and work with their team before you start the project. Because if you're going to be going into doing some smart home stuff, you need to know exactly what's going on. Because even the best-laid plans end up being troublesome if you're not careful. And this is one of the things that I've seen the most problems with out there is that people want to put the smart home system in late. Then they realize that they have really poor internet service in the area that they're in. And some of the things that they're going to do might struggle with it. Not all internet service is the same. Find out what you got and what's available. And most of the larger companies out there have great technical teams. I know, uh, A lot of the big ones out there, they've got a whole department that you can talk to with beforehand. Now, make sure your router and mesh system is properly placed in the home. This is your first important big step when you're setting up a system like this. And it's important because you need to have that set up for you to get everything working before you hand this home over to a customer or a client. So you got to make sure that that works. Because that router, when you put it in there, it's got to be in a central location. For instance, in my house, I've got a two-story home. And my uh, shop out here is uh, my workshop where I do my radio show and TV stuff is out in the garage. Well, between my router inside, I've got a washer, dryer, water heater, exterior wall that's insulated. And my internet connection between my router and my office is really poor. So you have two options at that point. You can put in a whole mesh system, which basically gives you access points around the house so you have equal stuff around there. Or you can do that with a mixture of Category 5 cable to go out there. For me, I ran a Cat 5 cable, so I had gigabit service out here. And if you've got a home office and you're designing a home office, spend that little bit of money and put in that cable. It will always work faster than Bluetooth and Wi-Fi will. So just put in that cable if you need to. Don't abandon it. That cable can be really useful for places of power users. So that home office, yeah, it's smart to put that cable in. It'll work better. And the people in there, it'll solve callback problems later if you've got internet issues. Now, you got to design your system around the smart home hub. We were talking about that. So the key to this is, is when you pick out your smart home hub, whatever you're going to use, now you have to refer back to that unit to make sure it's going to work correctly. So If you're using the, like I've got, I've got the SmartThings Hub, I need to make sure that everything that I purchase that's going in this house is using that hub system and technology. Which, to be honest, if you pick the right one, isn't that hard. And they need to make sure that works. Otherwise, you're going to have all these different apps to do it, and it's going to be a hard system to track. Now, when it comes to your team that's doing this stuff, You need to have one person that's responsible for staying on this ever-changing technology. I mean, really. For instance, I was using a, um, I had just hooked up that I was testing this new smart home, light switch. It's the brilliant one. And I'm like, great, I have a Nest thermostat. I, I want to use these two together. I got it hooked up, and the next day I'm like, why aren't these working together? What's going on? I went over to my Brilliant Switch and it said, oh, by the way, as of uh, August 31st, and this was last year, uh, we, we quit, you know, Google cut off to third-party companies access into Nest. So those two quit working together. So for me to work those systems, I had to go back and get the Ecobee. So I, th- I really had to switch out my thermostat to make that happen. You don't want to be doing this in, in home construction. So you want to make sure that you've got, that your team staying on top of this stuff. Now, the other thing is, you got to do a quarterly review of that tech to make sure that you're staying on top of it. Dive in, spend an hour or two and make sure that the things that you're doing are the right for your home. Things change so quickly with new updates and everything else like that. Now, most of these things are updating themselves on their own with the updates. So that's the great part. There's a lot of A lot of this stuff is kind of self-helping itself. It it does the automatic updates and those kind of things. so You don't have to manage this stuff. But make sure that the parts that you're using, one, are the current models. Two, that they're all going to play well together because that's going to be the problems. If you have got some issues, you know, for instance, here's a great example of some of the things that you want to make sure that they're playing well together, and this is kind of important. You know, many times you've got a a 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi system, so the router sending out that signal out for everything to work on. And we've run into this kind of problem because we run into this when we're giving seminars and teaching stuff in uh, in convention shows around because what happens here is, is that many times people go, hey, we've gone faster and we've gone to a 5.0 system that gets you that ultra-speed Wi-Fi. The problem is you need to make sure that your system has that 2.4 because many of these systems have to have that. Now, there are some that work on five, so that's one of the things you need to make sure that everybody's got the same Wi-Fi system. Because if you don't, now you're going to have things that won't be able to get internet into them. A great example, I had bought a a smart home scale a couple years ago. And I went through, did my normal upgrades to my system. All of a sudden, my scale couldn't work. I spent an hour on it trying to figure out why it wouldn't hook into Wi-Fi. Then all of a sudden, I realized that they were using a very old Wi-Fi system, and uh, my router didn't have the B signal for it to grab. So again, it's one of those things that you've got to be very careful and stay on top of that tech because that'll keep things working a lot smarter for you, and that's the key there. Now, you got to know the limitations and the choices you're going to make for technology. You do. You know, like I was saying with Google, these upgrades can be killer, but they can be great, too. What's great is, is that now you'll have systems now you'll see working together. And I like things working together. You'll see partnerships now. You're seeing, you know, the the brilliant light switch now working with Genie directly. You've got all these different partnerships that are happening out there. Now, are we going to see someday, everybody working nice together. You know, they were talking about that a couple years ago at CES. That Okay, we're all going to get on the same protocols. Everything's going to work together and you're never going to have to manage that. You know, that's great. But when you have players like Google and Apple and Amazon, they all tend to keep their cards kind of tight to the chest on that one. So having those three kind of putting down the swords and saying, okay, we're all going to work on the same playing field. I think it's a great concept. Uh, it's kind of like world peace. I, th- I think it could happen one day. I just don't know if today's the day that that's going to happen. So just think about that. You know, make sure these things are working together. Now, tracking things is important. Creating a master manual of all the products you're using and the important tech notes that you'll need for the install. What's hardwired? How many AA batteries do you need on site? What do you need for all this stuff? And more importantly, you need something in your office because if you're getting if you have a 1-year home warranty for a new home you built and you need to refer back to Mrs. Smith's house, you need to know what all you installed in there. Because you want to know what you put in there and what sh- they've added later. So you can understand what's in the warranty and what's not. So creating that master binder basically for the products you're using that I would have at the job site at rough in, so you know what all those things are. Those important notes, making sure you've got a products list and how it's all going to work together, that's really important when it comes to smart home technology because if you're doing this at trim out, you can be late in the game because now you're going, oh, I wish I would have had an outlet over here because that's really, that part of the office is the best place to put, you know, all the, all the router and everything else. You need to figure this stuff out kind of like you're doing plumbing and electrical. Same kind of thing. Now, if you don't have that master manual, it's going to cause, you know, confusion, especially during a warranty period when you've got issues with it. Now, many times in these systems, your Wi-Fi signal power is the absolute weakest link. And I mean seriously weakest link. And don't be afraid to call your cable company if you're having issues right off the bat. Because so many times right now, and here's just a little tip from me. So many times, even a new construction, you'll have it working. It's awesome. Homeowner moves in, and now the Wi-Fi is not working correctly. So now the camera's in the back of the house or the back door lot's not working, and you've got other problems there. First thing I would do is make sure you've got a good signal. And if you don't, don't blame the kids in the school down the street or everybody in their home office. Wi-Fi companies generally right now have got this figured out. You know, they had it ready for the big game on football and everything else where everybody's using things and streaming stuff. So they have that capacity figured in. They've had enough time to keep it going. So don't blame that system on them. Call for support from your cable company if you're having issues. Because, for instance, my house, I had them out there a couple months ago. It was working great. All of a sudden, things were slow with COVID, and I'm like, oh, man, it's just – I'm on cable. It's just one of those things. Everybody's using too much of it. I waited about a month. Come to find out I had a squirrel in the neighbor's telephone pole that had chewed through the line that was making, making it work slow, and they had to fix it. So lean on that cable company early on to make sure that they've got things figured out. And another little tip, if you're building enough homes, find who that salesperson is so you don't have to wait on hold. A lot of these companies have direct-to-business-to-business people that you can talk to without having to call somebody a hundred number and spend four hours on hold. That's an important one. Now, managing change orders is a big one. And you gotta be really careful for this. Because if you're in the smart home world and you're using, oh, maybe you're using Thermidor appliances or you're using Samsung appliances, all those appliances talk to each other if you're using some of the more higher end appliances. Many of them, the hoods, vent hood is controlled by the cooktop. So you need to make sure that if all of a sudden somebody swaps out the dishwasher or gets outside of your appliance package, that can create problems. As a kitchen designer myself, that I've been designing kitchens for 30 years, we'd have clients that would say, well, I like this brand of dishwasher, and I like this Pro Range, and I like this hood, and they might be all three different companies. Now with Smart Home Appliances, that's a big problem. Because those things aren't going to talk to each other. You're going to, have, you're going to have the dishwasher speaking French. English is going to be the range. And you got the, and the German hood over top. And you can have all sorts of different problems. So in many cases, if you're diving into the world of smart home appliances, the brand you go with is the brand you stick with. Now, that was different three or four years ago because many times what you would see is that you would see that the, the laundry division of brand A didn't talk to the range division, and they all had different systems kind of without it. Those days are over, and you have one app that controls your entire brand. Make sure that everything from laundry, if you can, if you're providing it, all of that works together on that same thing because otherwise you're in trouble. And where you can get into trouble is if on the change orders, as you've designed this whole smart home system, you've got it all going in there. You've got the... Uh, Chamberlain garage door opener is an example. And the homeowner goes, you know, I really had this Genie system that I liked, and I'm going to put that in instead. And what if that Genie smart home system doesn't work with your current smart home system that you've got now planned for that house? So you really got to pay attention to change orders of how they do it. Door locks, great example. Door locks can all be on these different systems out there. Now, there there's plenty of different ones out there, but there are door locks that you have to use an app to use. And you can't use it through a smart home hub, so that's the problem. So then you can't control that. Same thing with video doorbells. So those change orders are a really big key to getting that managed. And that's where that binder's going to come in, and every change order that has to do with anything electronic, from light switches to everything else, make sure that you've got that under control because both of those are really big problems if you let them get out of control. And that's the thing is just managing that change order system is going to be key for you, and uh, I think that will help out. Now, there's so many things you can do, you know, as well. You know, you've got that ceiling fan that's mounted up at the, at the height of a staircase for moving air around. Now you can have that that door switch, you know, that switch, and you can run it right off your smart home system. You don't have to run stuff up there. Blinds are great, great example. There are so many different brands of 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 blinds that maybe only every six months i will have to get up and get a ladder and change out out the batteries on it, or you can get powered ones as well. But again, you need to know if you're running low-voltage power to every window, that's going to come in right with rough-in electrical, so that blind decision needs to be done early on in the game of what's going to happen because nobody's going to want to run power there. Or maybe you've got that second-story window that's at the top of the staircase that you got to get the extension ladder and put it up four stairs up on Homeowners don't like changing those batteries and that can be a big problem so you want to make sure that maybe that's the one you wire in so really take a look at that smart home package and make sure that you're doing the right thing and low voltage is pretty easy it's not that big a, a big a problem to take care of now this is the one thing that I think gets to be probably troublesome for people. Understanding how to service after you've handed those keys over. And that's a key with this. This is one of those things that um, traditional builders haven't been able to, or it hasn't been cost effective even for, for smaller ones, to put in somebody that can do this. So big builders, it's pretty easy to train your warranty team on how to run the basics. But whoever's there handing off the home, needs to be able to help them set up their smart home system with the homeowners. So you got to come up with your system to do that. Now, if you're doing a walkthrough, it's a great time to do it. If you're doing a – that's almost the best time to do it if you're doing a, a pre-walk at that point to set up the smart home system because you've got everything kind of up. You, you still got some punch list stuff to do. If you take 20 minutes and get them set up, then you're going to be okay because you can go through – get stuff tested out, make sure it works. Almost put that in with that punch list walkthrough at that point because then you can spend that time, get the app going, explain how it works. The apps are really easy. Once you've had it set up and you've got that system going, it's not that hard to do. And then you can have it on their phones. They're ready to go. They've got control of it. And then uh, you're good to go for them to come in. The issue is, though, you got to think about this, though. This is where you've got to plan ahead. You've got to have the Wi-Fi system up and running then. So traditionally hooking up that cable system after they've moved in can be a problem because you need to walk through it. And if they're waiting for to have somebody come out and hook cable up, you might have to get that cable installed just a little bit early. Now, this is the part of training your client of getting that system worked out, but you can control that stuff. Now, it's To back up a little bit, I would have this discussion earlier with your client as well of, okay, are you going to be putting other things in this system and have them understand fully what smart home devices and what the hub is so when they're out buying all those things before they move into the house, they know what they're getting because that can also be another callback issue where they're trying to hook stuff up into the home and you have a home that's not designed to work with that product. Now, one of, my little, one of my little cheats out there is to have a deeper tech support option like Geek Squad because I know many people that are custom home builders don't want to have something out there. For a couple hundred bucks, you can buy through Geek Squad, you know, which is Best Buy. You can buy a tech support option. Now, there's a lot of local great companies out there that's in your hometown, I bet, that can do that as well. But the great thing with Geek Squad is, is that they will service any product out there. It doesn't matter if you bought it through them or not. And that gets to be really cool because now on Sunday afternoon when the blinds won't work, you don't have to worry about that phone call coming in during your warranty period. You can spend 200 bucks and give them that 1-800 number and guess what? Or even do it online. They can have their computer system, maybe it's their laptop, that service works with anything electronic for them, so you've given them an added value. And two, you deferred it over to experts. that are going to help you with that. And then you're not getting as many phone calls. So for 200 bucks, that might be cheap insurance with that. Now, the other thing I want to do, though, with this is I want to follow up with these homeowners after they're done, after they moved in for 30, 60, 90 days, maybe even a year. I want you to figure out what those issues are. Because those issues are problems that maybe don't make the referral as good after the sale. If you have a product that is consistently causing issues down there, you need to look and check on how it's installed or if you've picked the wrong product or it's just a defective product that has, that has a, low, you know, a low success rate. You know, great example with this. Um, there's a product out there that um, will boost the Wi-Fi signal inside your house. It's cool. If somebody is building a house out there and they have one bar of Wi Fi signal on name your cell phone brand, and that's a, it's one of those things that you go, oh, this could be a problem. There is an antenna that mounts on the house that puts in a, you could put some and it's got a little antenna on the inside that grabs that signal, boosts it up, and puts it back in. <coughs> now, the problem with that system is it is really hard to install really hard to install. I mean, I did a test on it. I had three service calls from the install to get it work. That's something that unless you've got a problem out there where you're having to boost up that signal, that can be a troublesome one and you don't want to be dealing with that as a builder on the warranty issue side of things. So that's one of those things that I just kind of want you to think through and track. Now, As a kitchen, and bath designer, remodeler, what I did is when we came around to the, you know, halfway through the warranty period of the first install, we would schedule a time to go back and do some follow-ups and do a follow-up questionnaire on things like smart homes and things like that. I wasn't trying to get all the warranty issues knocked out, but I was trying to create a a situation of getting back in the home and making sure that, one, the choices that we made were holding up and doing what we thought because – If I can do something to prevent those warranty issues down the road, it paid off really well. That might not be every builder out there, but for a custom home builder that that is really going after the referral business, that stuff after the sale is really, really important. The other thing you can do, too, with some of these things is you can actually talk to some of these larger companies. And see if they can help you sell your home too as well. So you can really, a lot of these companies really like to work with home builders and stuff like that. Now, I do want to go back with the service after the sale that's kind of interesting. Uh, Sense is a great product, and I've been using that in my home now for a year. And it's that home energy monitoring system. There's plenty of other brands, but I'm just going to talk about this one for a second. Because what's interesting is, is that they can predict now, and it's something that they're working on that algorithm they can predict product failures like they when i was in there they had caught somebody's heat pump where the starter motor I mean the starter capacitor on the uh, heat pump had failed and so they could see where that was happening so you're going to start seeing that more and more with technology where this artificial intelligence that can read what's going on inside the house is going to be able to start predicting failures as well now, we've already got that with appliances, for instance, where, you know, if I leave my Miele refrigerator door open, it'll text me that my refrigerator door has been open too long. Now, if you've got kids at home and people are off at work, that could stop some kind of a problem from things thawing out and having issues with that. So there's a lot of these things out there that it's doing now. But I'll be honest, I think the, the, the future is going to be on the electricity prevention and the water prevention from leaks, that's one of those things that I think is going to make life a lot a lot easier for everybody else on that. Now, one of the things, too, with service after the sale, and this is the kind of one of the biggest issues that I see out there that I think more people are trying to, to figure out is, do I have somebody on there on my team to actually do this? And, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And I know the challenges with that, but the good news is, is that these products are getting easier and easier to kind of tech support out. My system, once I got my Wi-Fi running and I have probably 40 or 50 different items right now with three or four more getting installed in this weekend, I haven't had to have any tech support issues at all with any of this stuff. And I'm not this big rocket scientist as far as tech support stuff. You know, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm almost 50 years old. I'm, I did not grow up with a cell phone in my hand. But to be honest, these things can be pretty smart, and a lot of these things now are becoming self-healing. So I think what would have been warranty issues five years ago are going to be a lot less now. And once you get that Internet issue solved of making sure that you've got Internet going to all points of the property where you're going to have those things, I think you're going to be good to go. And I think tech support becomes much less of a problem. And you might be able to get away with just having that initial meeting with the homeowner and to be able to get that knocked out and go, okay, here you go. You're set up. You're good to go. Everything's working. And you can set it and forget it. And then get them that uh, tech support with a a local, you know, a a local people or a Gee squad or any one of those other different companies out there that can do it. And then it's out of your hands. And then if you've got a product failure, then you can deal with the product failure. But to be honest, the more you standardize this stuff, the better off you are. I mean, a year ago, I was, I was giving talks and saying, you know, if you were going to go down and, and do the Apple system, do the Apple system. If you're going to do the Google system, do the Google system. This has changed so much in the last year that you really just need to pick your smart home hub. And the Apple system is really very specialty. The Google system is kind of very specialty. If you pick something that works really well, like with the Zigbee or the Z-Wave, you're going to be good to go. And I think that's one of those things that uh, can make your life easier. But then again, these things can help you sell homes as well. And you can have all these different controls from heating air conditioning to your, you know, the the skylights and everything else in the home that really gets these younger home buyers that want to have all of these things. And as like we talked about a little bit earlier, for the, 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 the people that are aging in place, so this is their forever home, some of this stuff can be a really big deal. My mom, who's getting close to 90, we've got it on her house. And so now I can see what's going on in front of her house on the cameras. I can see all this stuff. And she has ways to use voice activation. You know, if she's falling and can't get up, she can use voice activation to call somebody that needs a hand. All right, everybody, we have any questions out there? Um, yeah, we did have a couple
0: come in. Um, Wayne asks, what about the alarm.com hub? It uses Z-Wave and Wi-Fi, it is encrypted as well.
1: You know, I've not used that one. And to be honest, it's not what I would call one of the big popular ones, so it's not something that has had a lot of reviews. Um, I would sure love to try it and see. Um, Again, if it's using Z-Wave and it's using Zigbee and that other stuff, I'd give it a shot, and it could work really well. As we all know, these things are changing every single day. But I would say that 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 hub is not one of the popular ones out of there. Uh, If you go online, it's not typically rated by many of the big players out there, and so I haven't actually had to play with that one, but uh, it could be a good option. I just uh, would have to play with it to give you you my two cents, but if it's already doing that and it's got a good application-based thing for your phone that you can control things with, it might work really well, so it's going to come down to that app and uh, how well it integrates with everything else. But if it's already got those two technologies in it, it's better than a lot of the other ones that you see that we talked about on the previous list.
0: Um, he had a follow-up question. Um, with alarm.com, we can control lights, locks, thermostats, doorbell cameras, other indoor and outdoor cameras, irrigation systems, security systems, aging in place devices, garage door controllers, water valves, this shutoff, whole house energy monitors, and more. It can obviously handle any Z-Wave devices through the mesh network. Can any of these options do all of this?
1: Yeah. If you look at the uh, the, the Samsung, um, you know, smart home system takes it really. with well. their smart things. It does all that stuff as well. Um, and if you get into, um, if you go back, you know, the other one that can do that stuff, the Hubitat can do it as well. So that's another one that can do that really well. So smart things, Hubitat will work well. Um where you get into the limitations is going to be the Echo Dots, uh, HomePod, Google Nest Hub stuff. That's where you're going to run into those. Uh, that's when you're going to run into those issues, if you know what I mean.
0: Okay, and then the last question that came in: How would how would we, as a small custom builder, find a local company that can offer us a package to be installed in our home?
1: You know, there are companies out there that will do that, and I, I would just first start getting on the Internet and find out, you know, who you have out there in the low-voltage and home theater type type situation. That's the first people I tend to go look at is who's my, who's my home theater experts in my area. Many times those are the ones that are really good at the smart home stuff here, that and the computer repair places. A lot of them have smart home places as well, so that's kind of the two categories that I start looking at when you when you really want to find this stuff out. And of course, you know, see if there's any uh, HB people around in your area that are members as well. Take a look at your local building your building organizations and see who is working with that stuff. I mean, to be honest, that's the best level of service if you have somebody local that you can bring onto your team like that, that you can depend on, and have them service it, you know, before and after the sale. And uh, then you can hand it off to them, and you've kind of, um, in some cases, kind of wipe your hands of the process because you've got a team member that's going to take care of it. And under their warranty, you know, that can be something that's, that's really good. And if they've got some kind of an extended warranty or things that they can do after the sale, after you're well out of the house, that's an added bonus. And then uh, you, can, you can lean on their design team. Instead of having to lean on electricians and other people to do that, you can lean on their design team to help do that. And so that way, um, you know, there are interior designers out there that specialize in this. But if you've got a, uh, a low voltage, uh, you know, smart home slash, um, you know, audio company out there, audio visual com- company, the, the, the stereo guys and the home theater guys, that's the good way to go. Uh, and I would chase down those avenues to try to find the right team for you.
0: Thank you. Um, we do have a couple more questions come in, but before we get to those questions, um, please also make sure to fill out the webinar evaluation. Um, as you notice, um, please click on in the links area on the survey evaluation, hover over that, and then click open, and it will take you to the web um, survey evaluation. We do value your feedback. Um, it will take you to the online education portal where you logged in to access the webinar. Um, so, again, please, um, as a reminder, please make sure to fill out the survey evaluation. On the last couple of questions that did come in, um, one from, um, one from Rachel, do you have any experience with the newer Arlo video doorbell doorbell and or Arlo security system?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was down at my buddy's house in Southern California here this last spring and he had it. It was beautiful. I'll be honest. It was wonderful. Um, What I liked about it, um, which I would sure look at this for doing, if you're doing cameras around the whole outside of the house, I was really impressed. Um, it not only had motion sensors, but it had sound sensors. So if something fell over from a wind in the back, in the backyard and made a noise, or if something was going on, it would give you audio stuff. It would sit there and say, Hey, you have an audio alarm out there. Not only a motion alarm, but an audio alarm. Um, The secret to this is many of these need to be charged. And I think as a home builder, um, I think it's troublesome sometimes if you have to go out and charge that thing up. So if you can't put a solar panel on it, I would try to to pre-wire in power for these things, you know, up in the soffits and things like that. So you've got a place to plug in for these things because if you can create a power outlet for those, that'll create a really cool seamless system. As a homeowner, I'll be honest, I think it's it's troublesome to have to go out there every you know, 30, 60, 90 days, whatever the usage is on that, to climb up on a ladder, pull it down, plug it into a USB, and charge it back up to put it back up again. If you can put power up there, you make that system work really, really well.
0: Great. Um, and then a follow-up question from Rachel. Does any builder use a Lutron to set up- Pico remote as three-way switch and do not physically wire for a three-way. If yes, how do they deal with the inspector?
1: I have not seen seen any issues with the inspector because all you're doing is mounting a. And I've got this in my house, so I'm really familiar with this system. Uh, All you're doing is you're mounting up a a remote that's battery powered behind a light panel. I mean, it's behind a an outlet cover, so it's. If you put it in that switch system, it's not a wired thing. It's just a, a wireless remote. It's no different than taking a a Bidet toilet seat remote and putting it on the side of the, uh, the the side of the bathroom cabinet to to control that. So really when it comes down to it, I haven't seen any issues nor have I heard any because quite frankly, there's no wires running to that and all you've done is with that three-way switch, is you're creating another access point, but it's no different than any other remote control. I don't see where you'd have too many problems. But then again, who knows what the inspector is going to come up with.
0: Um, and our last question, um, we are almost close to time. We have about two minutes left. Um, our last question in from Timothy. What is the highest current application that you are incorporating in your smart hub?
1: You know, what's the, what's the highest application? There are so many things that you can do as far as, you know, depending on the hub you use. I mean, you could have it where, um, you know, when you get into some of the deeper stuff, you could sit there and having have, uh, have it control the blinds, where it's shutting the blinds when the day is going to be over 75 degrees. Outside, where you have high sun coming in, you could have it controlling the... Uh, your, uh, you know, your your skylights uh, with that, where it's controlling your ventilation with that, all tied into your your uh, HVAC system. It's kind of endless. I mean, it depends on how many devices you have, but literally, you could have fifty devices around your home that that smart hub could be controlling all at the same time. And depending on how you have it set up, whether it's time based or or manual, you could have it running your home completely especially with the new motion sensors and things like that out there, you can literally not have to touch a light switch in your entire house and have it just run by how you run your life. And that's not a bad way to go sometimes when you don't want to have to touch things that might be, uh, well, dirty that you have to clean again. So uh, there's a lot of cool things that are happening with it. And the more it comes out, every single day there's a new product that's coming out that's smart. And some of them are, are really cool. Some of them, maybe not so much. Thanks for listening to the Pro Insider. Catch you next week. I'm Eric.
2: Around the House with Eric G is produced by Designed by Eric G in association with Salem Media and distributed nationally by the Sun Broadcast Group. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020 designed by Eric G. We will be back next week. If you missed part of the show, check out the podcast of all of our shows at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Remember, measure with a micrometer, mark with caulk, and cut with an axe. Thanks for listening to Around the House.